Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen. The radio's all yours. Well, let's turn it up a notch. Raise your hand. What do you think we're here for? It's going down. Okay, ready? Ready? Three, two, one. Welcome to the Jay Wrecker Show. <laughs> Yo, DJ, drop that beat, partner. Turn it up. Good morning, everybody. Nine o'clock on this lovely Sunday here in Tampa Bay, August 13th. Appreciate everybody for tuning in today. No easing into the show. We're jumping right into it. Got Rich Hollenberg later on today at 1030. Of course, our hit the cut half hour with Paul Russo at 10. But right now, let's go right to the phone lines and talk some Buccaneers football with Rick Stroud, our good buddy from the Tampa Bay Times. What's going on, Rick? Thanks for coming on, buddy. Good morning, Jay. How are you? I am good. I am a lot better than uh, former Bucks kicker Roberto Aguayo, man. The writing was on the wall after Friday night, my friend. Any surprise that he was let go? Um, well, no. I mean, the timing of it is, uh, you know, such that I actually had landed yesterday and, and um, you know, was was checking on it and, and, you know, kind of expected it may happen. I mean, when I was in Cincinnati, we went uh, downstairs, you know, towards the end of the game and he... Mm-hmm. Uh, got a chance to extend the game and, and try the the forty seven yarder, and when he missed it, I just kind of kind of felt like you know what, they're not going to go much longer with this guy. And I sat by Roberto's locker, uh, and you know you could tell obviously he was affected by the way he performed. Um, waited a long time to get dressed, and, and you know kind of said a prayer almost, and then you know got up, turned around, and, and Roberto is such a great guy. I mean, you, yeah. you know him, you root mm-hmm. for him, you want you know he's worked really hard at it, and, and I just. I wrote a column about this today. I mean, I just think that where he was drafted probably put more pressure on him than he could handle. It's a it's a pressure-packed job, and it's really kind of a zero-sum game. You either make it or you miss it. No one can help you. There's no coach for this. Um, but from the time he walked in the building, man, it was all about, you know, wow, they took this guy in the second round. You know, what a, what a, what a reach. And I, I just I think he couldn't get out from under that. It's a good point, Rick. But what do you say to those people? Because – there were some, and I know Pat was dealing with this too on Twitter. Some people talking about, oh, Jason Light and the terrible job he's done. It very short-sighted view there. I, I'm, a, I was a fan of the move because I like when the general manager takes risks. I, I, I understand it's, it's something that's not the most popular thing, but we've seen kickers picked in the first and second rounds before, maybe not traded up to catch it. But what does it tell you about Jason Light for him to be able to be a bold enough to make that decision? and B, to not let his ego get in the way where he says, hey, i got to cut my losses and i got to move forward because this team's ready to win now. The, the second part of that is most important, I think. You know, so many general managers, and we know who they are, yep. uh, would shoehorn a guy because they drafted him in the second round, you know. And, and that's just not a good decision. I mean, you don't, you don't make bad decisions after bad decisions, and that's how you, you get fired. But, you know, Jason uh, is about the team. He's not about, it's not about him. Um, and I think that's refreshing for a GM um, you know and the guy uh, understood that Roberto wasn't going to work out and they brought in you know I thought when they brought in Nick Folk the writing was on the wall I mean 
I just don't think that Dirk Cutter was ever going to be, you know, comfortable. And that's what, you know, coaches just want to know what they're going to get on Sunday. I mean, you know, Nick Folk may not be the best kicker in the NFL, um, but he's, you know, you know you're going to get, you know, eight out of ten times or more, he's going to knock it through there. So you don't go to bed at night worrying about it. Um, you know, with Roberto, I mean, what, what Jason was trying to do was find a special talent that they would have for ten years. Yeah. And, you know, the kicking is such in this league, these guys, you know, go from team to team. But you have a few great ones like Goskowski in New England, which is where Jason was from uh, when, he, when he started, you know, doing a lot of his scouting work. And I, I just think he tried to find that, you know, that guy that they, they would have for 10 years, and it didn't work out, and he moved on. And that's, that's really uh, the best thing you can say. Look, he, he's built this team pretty solid. I mean, the reason why Aguayo isn't here is because he's had four really good drafts, and he's got a team that's ready to win now. So we're talking to Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times. So what now with the kicking situation? Obviously, Dirk said uh, he's going to bring in somebody else. Is there any name out there on the periphery that anybody's talking about that could possibly come on in? No, you remember they had the, the younger kid uh, in here. I mean, I think it's going to be a guy that will kick, but I don't think it's going to be it's going to really compete. You know, yeah. um, obviously anything can happen with uh, – you know, with what they have, but I, I just think they have to cover themselves. You don't want, you know, you don't want folk making every kick and wearing himself out. Um, so it, they'll, they'll be, it'll probably be a younger guy. My, I imagine maybe somebody that's new to the NFL. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think they have all the confidence. I mean, they, when they paid 800 or $750,000 guaranteed to folk, they basically were saying he's our kicker. Now he'd have to really just go South in a hurry for them to be worried. And, you know, you, you, you really have the whole league to pick from. I mean, it's not unusual to see teams grab a kicker. It's happened in Tampa Bay. It's had a bunch of guys from, you know, Pat Murray to Connor Barthelme. I mean, guys on the last cut day end up with another team and kick on Sunday in the opening day. But that would be a, that would be an emergency scenario. So this way, it, you know, it, it, this, this eliminates the cloud. That, you know, you wonder, too, if the team, you know, half of them might have been really pulling for Roberto. I, I'm sure they all were tired of the debate. And I think what Dirk Cutter was attempting to do, and Jason too, was say, look, here's our kicker. Let's rally around Nick. He's our guy. He's a solid veteran. And let's move forward as a team. It's a good point. All right. The first quarter, a lot of these starters saw some action. How did the first team offense and defense look to you on Friday night against the Bengals? Well, I mean, the offense did very well, except for the, you know, the two fade passes in the end zone that, that weren't completed. And, I mean, to move the ball out of there, start at your six-yard line, move it 92 yards, um, I thought Jameis looked very calm. Uh, you know, when he needed to get out of the pocket, he did. When he needed to check the ball down, he did. When he could drive it to Mike Evans, he did. Um, you know, you could see definitely he was, you know, very much in sync with Evans and Bright and Humphreys, which we expected. But Deshaun, the other thing that showed up was how Deshaun created so much more space for Mike Evans and some of these other receivers because he's going to draw a safety over the top every time. And you'll see Deshaun and you'll see O.J. Howard get more involved, I think, as the preseason goes on. But, man, they were very efficient, you know, and that's playing without Ali Marpet at center. And, um, you know, they didn't run the ball particularly well. I mean, I didn't think, you know, that was very impressive. Mm -hmm. And on defense, they did not stop the run. I mean, they averaged four and a half yards a carry and really kind of just steamrolled down the field on him. It was a great play by Vernon Hargraves to, to sort of jump the out route there on the end zone. Uh, and those are, those are demoralizing plays, as he said. But, uh, you know, it, live action is different than what these guys do out here in training camp, and that's, that's what the preseason's for. I don't get crazy about one series on defense. 
if that was a regular game, they're leading three to nothing in the first quarter. We've seen that a lot of times. So, you know, it, it just uh, they'll play into the second half. I think we'll have by the third preseason game, you'll have a better picture. You mentioned Vernon Hargraves. I know a lot of you know Gator fans here locally want to see him do well, but. I mean, is that kind of the foreshadowing? I know the Bucks wanted him to be more aggressive, be more of a ball hawk. Is it kind of cool in the first preseason game where a lot of times you don't see much, you kind of see a glimpse of what Vernon Hargraves could be this year? Yeah, they saw it last year, too, a little bit. I mean, he, he wasn't the same player in the regular season. He had two interceptions in the preseason a year ago. Um, but, you know, Vernon just, if you just watch the body language, you know, um, you know, his first year, I think a couple things. One, they were thinking about him playing in the slot, which is a totally different position. So he was training for two spots, you know, learning how to play outside in the NFL. They played him in the slot some. The theory was Alteron Verter would start the season. He would play some slot corner. And, and then, you know, finally they just put him out there. And I, I think that his goal was to keep everything in front of him, and he gave up a 1,000 yards receiving, <laughs> was the only corner to do so. Yeah. Now part of that is because they're not throwing at Brent Grimes, you know. I mean, they're going to pick their poison. But I think this year – you just see that Hargraves has way more confidence. At, at you know halfway through the season, he got up on receivers, he played the ball, um, and he was more aggressive. And, and you know that's what he was in college, man. He was a ball hawk. So I just see a different guy, and it's just it's just a matter of experience with those guys. Talking to Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times. Rick, was there any one guy that surprised you either positively or negatively Friday night? Well, I mean, I, I think I, I watched you know Beckwith quite a bit, and. Um, you know, he made some mistakes, but, man, he, he can run and hit. You know, he had five tackles. Um, he wasn't perfect. I think as this guy continues to play more and more, and Devontae Bond is hurt now um, and, and probably won't be back till the regular season or thereabouts. So, all of a sudden, this rookie from LSU, you team him with Quan Alexander. Now, he won't play that many, you know, that many snaps as a strong side linebacker, about 20% because of the formations that they face. Um but he was a guy, and then you know Jeremy McNichols on special teams showed up, yeah. um, covering kicks, you know, which he needed to do. And I thought he, I thought he played pretty well. He's a guy that struggled out here, getting into his playbook and learning some things. So you look for you look for the young guys. You know, Charles Sims coming back off his knee injury looked fast to me, cut on it very well. Um, that was encouraging for them. So there was a lot of good signs, and I, I think we'll see you know more of the OJ Howard who was open a couple times, but the pressure. You know, broke the protection broke down, and they weren't able to give him the ball. So I like to see him get involved more in the receiving. The rest of them, uh, I'm not really worried about. I, I just, I think, you know, it was sort of a sloppy start. You know, they weren't consistent. They didn't get the ball. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. On the end zone, 
Um, but that offense, you can see the way Jameis is, is, is you know, kind of orchestrating it, it's going to be a handful for anybody. Rick, I got to ask you, because I know you're a baseball guy too, this Rays offense, man, are you available today to go down to the trop and possibly man. bat third, fourth, or fifth today? I'll be honest with you. I, I certainly couldn't do worse than zero runs. I, I don't. I've never. I don't know Legion ball or any other time oh. I've seen a team get shut out five times in a week. I mean, Jeez, it, it, and to say, you know, for them to say it's not in their heads, of course it's in your head. Five you know times, I mean? and I mean, it's at home too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jeez. and they seem to do worse here than they do when they're on the road for whatever reason. Yeah. But if you, you know, I don't know so much yesterday, but Jay, they're. They're swinging at pitches out of the strike zone. I mean, they they're you know, all these guys backwards. are not seeing the ball. Yeah, and yeah. They're, they're taking when you start taking strikes and swinging at balls out of the zone, and you're always zero two. That's when you know you're in a you're in a slump. But you know, hitters can do this. But I've never seen a team, an entire team, go like this. It's just incredible. I mean, they may not pull out of it soon enough to stay in the race. They have to, man. They're a game back of that second wild card. The Angels are the second wild card, man. Crazy. Where the hell did they come from? Staying afloat. All right. At the end of every one of our interviews here on the Jay Retro Show, we have our 10-count Rick Stroud. 60 seconds, 10 questions, quick hitters. Got to get them in before the buzzer. And they're about sports and life, just a little bit of everything. You ready? Wait a minute. These are. This is a test? This is, nah, it's just a, random stuff about yourself. Come on, jo- oh, okay. jo- Jones is okay. done, Jones passed with flying colors, so I know you'll be fine. All right, here we go. <laughs> Hit it, Pat. It's time for the 10 count. All right, Rick, first person to text you during hard knocks. Uh, quick, quick, quick. My son. My son. How, how, do you, how do you eat your eggs? Scrambled. Fresh, fastest player you've ever seen in person. Fastest player, um, I don't know, I'll say Barry Sanders. Your kid's favorite TV show right now? Um, something on the Disney Channel. I'm not really sure what. <laughs> Which Bucks? Wicked. Wicked there you go. Which Bucks player consistently gives you or gave you the best quotes? Gerald McCoy. Your go-to karaoke song? Uh, don't have one. One word to describe Jameis Winston? Charismatic. Would you do better on Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune? Wheel of Fortune. Chris Archer throws you 10 90-mile-an-hour heaters down the middle. How many are you making contact with? Three. Who plays Rick Stroud in the Rick Stroud movie? Wow. Uh, Go ahead. You can get it in after the buzzer. Go ahead. Uh, don't know. Uh, Emilio Estevez. I don't know. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. My man. All right. Rick Stroud, Tampa That's Bay. That's hard, Thomas. man. Yeah. That is a hard. I, I got to get with this. This is this is really good. Don't worry, man. We'll have you on again. We'll get you on to do the 10 count again. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk some more football, baseball, and all that other stuff. Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times, Bucks beat writer. Thanks for joining us, man. I really appreciate hey, it. Hey, Jay. Thanks, buddy. All right, buddy. Great stuff there from Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times. Caught him off guard a little bit with the 10 count, Pat. (laughs) That's good, though. I like that, you know? By the way, is anyone shocked that Rick Stroud does not have a go-to karaoke song? That's a good, that's why I love it. (laughs) I knew he wouldn't have one. Stroud, Stroud, (laughs) much like myself, never doing karaoke. No, never. Have you ever done karaoke before? No, I'm good. I'm good. No? I don't need to do that to anybody. I'm not just saying this because you're my bud. You got such a good voice, man. I'm surprised. Not a good singing voice. Really? Yeah, really. Very th- much so. I think you just have to find the right song, my friend. That's what you got to do. All right. Another popular player did not stand for the national anthem yesterday. 
But will he have the same public backlash as Colin Kaepernick? We'll discuss next. All right, welcome back to the Jay Retcher Show. Big thanks to our good buddy Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times for joining us. We'll have all this stuff podcasted up on my page, 620WDA.com slash Retcher R-E-C-H-E-R, later on today. Got to give a big shout-out to my man Pat Donovan on the other side of the glass. He's the first voice you hear. If you want to give us a shout and join the show, we always encourage that here on the show, Hillsborough 9 and 0, Pinellas 461, toll free 888-546. They all end in 4620. You could also hit us up on the Simpson Air DAE text line. Just send your text over to 82945. Start your text with DAE so we could read them on the air. Standard message and data rates may apply. Well, you can hit us up on Twitter too. 620WDAE at Jay Retcher at Pat Donovan WDAE. All right, as I mentioned before the break. Another player has not stood for the national anthem. You're saying a pretty popular player around the league, and not just for his play on the field, but also his uh, consumption of candy, Skittles, uh, and all the funny things, and you know, just his relationship with the media over the years. Remember, I, I'll, I'm just here so I won't get fined. That was pretty cool. But yesterday. Marshawn Lynch remained seated during the National Anthem before the Raiders' first preseason game yesterday. And, you know, with all the stuff that's going on in the country right now, with the the crazy stuff in Charlottesville, and listen, I'm not going to pretend and sit here and and talk politics on this show. I only got two hours every week, and I'm not uh, a political savant by any means. But when we have stories like this that are so big, um, like what's going on yesterday, it just kind of really makes you try to take a step back and realize and, and kind of analyze what's going on right now. Why is he doing this? You I'm know, just, every time I see this crap now. Like I'm, sitting during I, the National I, Anthem? No, no, the Charlottesville oh, yeah, crap. Yeah. I'm like, it's 2017. I know, why is it still like this? We have so much access to information mm-hmm. and to each other. Like to actually be naive, and I don't know if naive the word, stupid enough. To separate people by skin color at this in 2000 frickin' 17? It's just unbelievable to me. And it's just weird how it comes in like different waves. You know what I mean? I mean, like, whatever you feel about Bruce Jenner or, you know, Caitlyn Jenner or, you know. I like naked guys as much as the next guy. Whatever, you know, your feeling is on that. There, you know, she was voted, and I know ESPN gave her the Courage Award. I mean, whether you agree or disagree with that. We're at the point of our existence right now where people are accepting of differences, whether you were born a woman and want to become a man or vice versa, or whether you are in an interracial relationship. There's, there's so many different, there's so many differences in the world right now. There's so many different likes and people are so different. And there's so many groups of people that are so accepting of those differences. It's sad that we still have to experience stuff like that. But when Marshawn Lynch sits for the national anthem, though, what you know kind of stood out to me was: is he going to get the same backlash as Colin Kaepernick did? And I don't know if you guys remember, but you know he was asked last year, Marshawn Lynch, about Colin Kaepernick kneeling for the national anthem last year, and he said it's got to start somewhere. So he obviously was—I I don't want to say he's on board. I don't want to speak for him, but he definitely saw where Colin was coming from when it came to racism 
and when it came to police brutality in this country. And he, he, you know, he followed in his footsteps by doing the same thing here. Now, the one thing that kind of gets to me, and, and this, Pat just mentioned, with all the social media, with all the information at, the, at our fingertips now, yesterday Jack Del Rio said that he talked to Marshawn Lynch, and Marshawn said that he's been sitting during the National Anthem his entire 11-year career, and Jack Del Rio said it was a non-issue for him. Well, when you say something like that, and people have the ability to go back in time and look at videotape and look at pictures... I think it was Pro Football Talk found a picture of Marshawn Lynch back in 2011 standing on the sideline for the National Anthem. So, you know, either here nor there. I mean, if he agrees with, with Colin Kaepernick, that, that's his decision. But don't say that, you know, you, you stood the entire time because obviously that wasn't the truth. But Marshawn Lynch is a guy that's been right in the middle of the kind of the scope of of the NFL and what's going on. And everybody was, oh, he was on Conan O'Brien. He was doing these commercials. And, you know, I know he had his run-ins with the media, but now he's come back for, you know, to Oakland out of retirement after sitting out a year. And he's part of a pretty damn good football team. But now is this going to affect him and his team in a negative way? I'm really interested and curious to see. I'm not saying that, you know, I agree or disagree, but where is, is is public backlash going to come soon thereafter like it did with Colin Kaepernick? I mean, obviously, kneeling and all of the sequential, you know, the consequential stuff that happened with Colin Kaepernick has affected his life and his career. He still doesn't have a job in the NFL. I mean, to me, it wasn't so much of, all right, taking the knee, but more of, you know, you're, you're wearing socks with, with pigs on them, you know, portraying yourself as a cop. I know Ron Diaz, when he sits in this chair every day from noon to three, he doesn't like the whole Castro shirt thing because Cuba is such a big deal to him. You know, his dad and his grandfather lost land in Cuba because of Fidel Castro. So he can't look at Colin Kaepernick and get past that. And, you know, to each their own. How could you? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I know it's not easy. But for all the things that are going on in this country, you got to look at opening dialogue. That's the most important thing. You have to open dialogue. And listen, I'm one of those people that I'm open to whatever you want to say or do if you're doing it peacefully. And I know I might be in the minority when saying that. And trust me, I had both of my grandfathers served in the military. So that's the way I was brought up. I still stand for the national anthem. My hand across my heart, and I sing the national anthem every single time. Ask Pat Donovan. He stands next to me in Bucks games. I was just going to say that. You take it really seriously. Every time. But with that being said, I saw something very interesting a couple weeks ago about a, a man in the military, and he, he was a white man, and he said that he had no problem with what Colin Kaepernick did by Neil. It's what he fought for. Because that's what he fought for. He fought for the ability. He did it peacefully. Like I said, I don't agree with the sock thing. I don't agree with the, the Fidel Castro thing. But he took a knee, and he sparked conversation. I mean, do you remember, you know, years and years ago in the in the in the Olympics, when the track and field star, uh, man, I forgot to look up his name, 
but he stood with his right hand in, raised in the air. Because, two of them. Yeah, two of them. A couple of them. Yeah. Yes. And I'm sorry for not knowing the name. And but, I think a Seahawks player did that the other night during the anthem. Yeah, did the, I mean, did the fifth. Yeah, I mean, those are. This is the reason why we live in America. You know, we have the ability to stand up and say stuff peacefully. That's all right. That's why people are fighting for this country, for the ability to stand up and to have a voice and to peacefully protest. Not that crap that we're seeing in Charlottesville, Virginia. That's not peacefully protest. That's only bringing people down. That's only fragmenting people. Chet wants to talk in Venice. What's up, Chet? Good morning. What's up, buddy? Hey, uh, as far as the kneeling for the national anthem or or sitting in protest, they have the right to do that. But I worked in uh, the aerospace industry for years, worked with a lot of military. I was in the military myself. And you know what? That's a very diversified group of people. I worked with a lot of people of different colors and different ethnic yeah, groups. Yeah, sure is. And we, we all had the flag on our, on our sleeve, and we all served together. And the most non-political people I've ever met in my life are military people. Mm-hmm. They're quiet-spoken. They do their job. They're on call 24-7. They work hard. And you never, I never once heard anybody talk about how unfair America was to anybody of any people, color, or race. And and they fight for our country. They stand uh, they stand against any threat to our country, and they stand for the rights of individuals. But I think sometimes we just have to understand that you can't erase ignorance and you can't erase stupidity. So I think it's in the DNA of some people, and we'll, well we can always try to stem the tide, but it'll never go away. It's not in the DNA of anybody though. But. But uh, my respect goes to the people in the uniform, cops, firefighters, all those people. They they fight for everybody. So. Chet, thank you for the fo- for the phone call, man. Sorry, we got to hit this break. And listen, you're not going to find somebody that loves their country and respects the people in uniform more than myself. Okay, like I said, both of my grandfathers had a huge influence on my life, and they were both in the military. One of my best friends on this earth is a cop up in New York City. My, my cousin was an undercover detective. I was a firefighter for nine months after 9-11 occurred. Don't but you think I, to say it's in someone's DNA is a little yeah, short-sighted, no, though? Yeah, yeah, I don't, you, you learn um, racism. Yeah, you definitely do. You're not there, born there's with a great, There's a great picture online somewhere of a, of a little white baby and a little black baby yep. standing there holding hands. You can't tell me that race is, and, and I and the 1968 Summer Olympics in Mexico City, John Carlos and Tommy Smith, excuse me, they raised the fist salute, and people thought it was for black power, but it wasn't that. It wasn't so. That's not what Tommy Smith said. He was a silent jester, and he said it was a human rights salute. But yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, I grew up in a very diverse neighborhood in New York where, you know, the the Caucasian was the minority of the the, the people that were in my neighborhood. But I didn't grow up there and think, oh, well, I'm the white guy. I'm the minority. No. Everybody was the same, and I got that from my parents. My parents didn't care what color, what race, what religion. It didn't matter. If you were a good person, my grandmother told me this. She was a lunch lady in our cafeteria, and she told me, I don't care if you're black, white, red, or green. If you're a good person, if you're good to my grandson, then I like you. 
I'm be honest with you. If you're green, I might just keep my distance <laughs> just in case there's something going on there. But but you know my grandma. My grandma's a goon. She, yes, she's a Pat and Aaron goon. She's a fan. Just saying, watch out for the green ones. That's yeah, all. watch out for the green ones. But she taught me at an early age that it didn't matter, and I didn't even look at it. I didn't look at people twice because of the color of their skin. And I just wish there was more people out there that had that same upbringing. But you know what? If you weren't and you do have that, you have the chance to kind of stop that cycle, change it, sit there and realize that everybody's different. But at the end of the day, we're all human. So let's appreciate our differences and move on. All right. A slew of preseason games already played in the NFL, but which rookies stood out more than the rest? We'll tell you when we return. Welcome back. Some great talk so far here on the Jay Retro Show. God, I'm so happy the NFL. I mean, I'm happy the NFL's back. I mean, not as happy as Pat Donovan. I'm, I don't think you could ever be Pat Donovan happy for preseason football. But I'm it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it man. is. It's so awesome to turn on the NFL network and like, all right, you know what? And Pat, like you and I, like we we've known each other for you know three and a half years now. And it's so, it? yeah, I mean, I've been here three and a half years. It seems longer though, right? Yeah. Um, but it's funny, like when you work with people and when you're friends with people, how like they rub off on you, you know, and I've, I, I always watch NFL preseason, but you know, I kind of took it a little bit with a grain of salt and was like, all right, you know, by the time they get to the second, third quarter, like, yeah, you know, if I'm not watching the teams I know, or some of the players I know, maybe I'm not watching as closely. I swear to you, Pat, this year. Every single time an NFL preseason game's on, I'm watching. Third yes. or fourth quarter, I'm like, hmm, there's got to be somebody in there. Oh, look, a wide receiver wearing a single-digit number. You know what I mean? Because like, <laughs> that's something you're not going to see in the regular season. You're not going to see, like right now, the, the Jets-Titans game on. The Jets have a receiver wearing number six. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't the next s- Victor Cruz. You never know. Especially on the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> I remember him. He, he had that big breakout game against the Jets a, co- you know, a couple years before he was big for the Giants. He got hurt that year. Then he got Didn't hurt. Didn't play at all. Yeah. yeah. And I remember people going, yeah, you remember that guy in the preseason game? I'm like, Cruz, man. Remember him. And they were like, why? I'm like, this guy's going to be good. And then Boom. He, he didn't look too bad in, in the first game with the Chicago Bears. Had a touchdown catch, didn't he? a touchdown he? catch. Yeah, a little, little salsa action. I tell you what, man. And I wasn't huge on the drafting, and I know it's only one game. But Mitchell Trubisky, man, not good. too bad. 18 for 25 yards, 160, uh, 18 for 25, 166 yards, a touchdown. And I know, you know, they get, I know they gave that money to Mike Lennon. He's probably going to start the year as the, as the starter. But in this league, and you know it's a passing league, you need your quarterback to be athletic. That's why we love a guy like Jameis Winston. That's why a guy like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and even, you know what, Tom Brady. I know he's not a running quarterback, but to be able to shift in those in those quick little movements with his feet and to be able to get off his spot and be able to still complete a pass, you need that more and more in the NFL. You see these pass rushers. Look at guys like J.J. Uh, Watt. Look at guy like the number one pick this year, Miles Garrett. You got. You can't just stand there like a statue in the pocket and think you're going to be a successful quarterback in this league. And Mike Lennon, and we saw that here in Tampa Bay, every single time he was rolling out, whether it's rolling out to his left and throwing across his body or rolling out to the right, which should be easier, he had a big, big problem with completing passes. And Mitch Trubisky out of North Carolina, the the second pick overall for the Chicago Bears, 
mean, he looked pretty damn good, man. And I'll tell you what, another guy that I liked, and I know he's got some time, and he's probably not going to start the year as a starter, was Deshaun Kaiser for the Browns. 11 for 18, 184 yards in the TD. Brock Osweiler is probably going to be the starter for Cleveland going into the season. And I get that. He's starting experience in this league. But with Hugh Jackson there, I don't I I like Deshaun Kaiser, man. I really do. I think he can be a guy that after sitting out and kind of watching the game, I think Hugh Jackson can work with him. And he's got the athleticism of Cam Newton in the brain of Tom Brady, so <laughs> Remember I that? Yeah, I know. Might be a little bit early to crown Settle him. Down, that buddy. Settle down. down, bud. But you know, look at has did have you seen and Pat, let me ask you this, because you're you're a huge football guy and I, I feel like I'm not alone in this. Since Hugh Jackson has left Cincinnati, has you have you noticed a regression for Andy Dalton at all? I mean, I don't think so. No, I don't okay. think so. I, I think don't, last I don't year he didn't have a very good year. I don't want to say it's huge, but I do think like I don't know if he's gotten any better since he left. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't. I don't want to say he's regressed. Maybe that's too strong of a word. But he I don't had a feel bad like, year last year. But that team lost a lot of players, yeah. had a lot of injuries. So still got uh, AJ Green, man. Yeah, no, I know. But he was banged up even parts of last year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he. There was nobody else out there to take some pressure off of him. They added some real explosiveness in the draft with John Ross and yeah, Joe Mixon. Did. So it'll be interesting to see how that offense looks now with those two guys added to the mix. Another guy uh, <laughs> that a lot of our local fans uh, know very well, Dalvin Cook. Man, I tell you what, don't look at the numbers. I think he only had like 31 uh, yards for the Vikings. But just how they used him in that first preseason game kind of gave you an idea. I know they got Latavius Murray there. But this guy, man, he can do it all. He can run between the tackles. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. I know a lot of people were clamoring for him to come here in Tampa Bay. I still love the O.J. Howard pick. But it wasn't just Dalvin Cook with Minnesota. How about USF's Rodney Adams with a touchdown grab? Stephon Diggs is, is the clear number one there. Who knows uh, Laquan Treadwell? I know they brought him in last year. I believe he went to Ole Miss. They had high hopes for him taking him in the first round last year. But Rodney Adams with a touchdown catch. He's one of those unheralded draft picks that a lot of people haven't talked about. We know him here locally, but I think he's going to do some uh, pretty good things for the Minnesota Vikings, especially in the red zone. And the one guy that I thought that should have went number one overall, Deshaun Watson, you know, take the numbers out of it, 15 for 25, 179 yards. He had the nice touchdown run. And again, kind of going with the same argument as I was talking about with the Chicago Bears and Mitchell Trubisky, more athletic, more nimble. You know, Tom Savage, and I think it was DeAndre Hopkins that said, hey, I want Tom Savage as the quarterback. Yeah, of course, because he he knows the playbook. He's been there, you know, a couple years. He knows what this Houston Texans offense is going to look like under, or supposed to look like under Bill O'Brien. But at the end of the day, don't you want the guys that can make plays? Don't you want guys that can kind of create something out of nothing? What was the best play Jameis Winston had last year? Go ahead. Yeah. Third and 23. Yeah. Oh, was that two years ago? That, that was I think that was ago, two years it? ago against the Falcons. It was that play with, against the Bears probably oh. bouncing around behind. And that, was it against the yeah, Bears? Yeah, it was against right? the Bears. Yeah. Yep. That third and 23 was against the Falcons. I that believe, was on too. Hard Knocks. Yes, it that was. That play against the Bears. Yes, it was. They were talking about him, uh, his feet like a dancer. There you go, man. You know who else was on Hard Knocks? Ah, dang it. I forgot to ask Rick Stroud. I was going to ask him about his sandals, man, at Deshaun Jackson's house. What a star he became I'll on Hard Knocks. I'll tell you what. I was jealous. Stroud, my man, wearing those sandals. I know some people, you know, lovingly refer to them as the Jesus sandals, okay? Which is fine. Whatever you want to call them, okay? We're saying it in love here. But he made them look good, man, in Deshaun's house. 
So good for him. It was funny. I was talking to him. I was like, what about that? He's like, when I got there, boom, Hard Knocks ran up to me and said, hey, you got to put this on. Put this microphone on. But yeah, Pat Donovan, got to shout out you, buddy. Nice little cameo there, buddy. I was very excited. Good looking Moog right there. All right. And one more guy I want to talk about. Um, who was the other guy? Leonard Fournette. Rushed nine times for 31 yards and a touchdown. And did you hear what he said after the game? He said, oh, so easy. So easy. The game's so slow for him. And some people thought that it was... You know, he was trying to be, you know, it was too much bravado or he was trying to brag. And I I didn't get that point because this guy was a stud in college. But he brought a good point. He said, listen, when I'm playing against these guys in the SEC all the time and when he plays Alabama like he does and you have all these draft picks that come, just think about the teams he played when you're looking at guys on Florida and guys at Alabama and all those dudes in the SEC from other schools that are playing now at the next level. I kind of see where he's coming from. Well, I mean, who do they play again? Who the did Patriots. they play? The Patriots. Who played nobody. No, of, of course not. But what, He's got a rude awakening coming to him. For sure, for sure. But what my big thing with him is he got away in college because he was bigger than everybody and used to run dudes over. But my thing that even, even guys that are at this level that aren't starters for the Patriots, his speed really stood out to me. And that's one thing that people were, will that speed translate for the next level? And I'm with you. I know it wasn't the starters, and I know you can't make these huge proclamations after just one preseason game. But if you just take a snippet, you put that in your mind and go, hey, man, he's faster than I thought. Now you look at games two, three, and four and say, all right, well, did it translate or was it just, you know, is he in for a rude awakening like our buddy Pat Donovan thinks? All right, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor had their open workouts this week. They didn't lack for any dramatics. We discuss that when we come back. All right, welcome back. Jay Retro here with you. Talking all things sports on this Sunday morning. We're going to talk a little Mayweather-McGregor here in a second. Let's go to the phone lines real quick. Alan in Tampa wants to talk about Marshawn Lynch. What's going on, Alan? Yeah, uh, good morning. Yeah, my, my argument is uh, football games, NFL, baseball, basketball, anything, when you're, arguing, you're being paid, you got an employer, it's not, that's not the time to demonstrate your personal beliefs, just like on a job when he worked for Delta Airlines or government, it's outside the job. And, and the media doesn't seem to want to chastise these people. They say it's their right. No, they're being paid. Employers, should, employers when you're on the being paid, not them. When you're off work during the week, yeah, then you can do something. Al, hold on, Alan. You said pe- they don't want to chastise people. I mean, people have been chastising Colin Kaepernick since the day he knelt yeah, on the field. Now with just... Yeah, but more media say, well, he should be picked up. He should be picked up. It's going to be, it's going to be props for the team that picks him up because there's going, the media is going to try to side with him. Then the team gets all dysfunctional. They're sides against each other. During the job, you're not there to do your personal beliefs outside the work setting, but not on the job. That's what causes friction. No, you know, when, when, when President Obama was president, when there was – all these uh, bad incidents with the policemen being killed. He never spoke up. He stayed quiet. Now they're so quick to yell at Trump for not speaking up. It's a different. It's a double standard. Out, you know, when you look at it, the media has a lot to blame for what's going on. All right, Alan, I appreciate the phone call, man, but I'm not going to let you sit here and rail on Obama and, and and say that it's a double standard for. It happens. It ha- I don't even know where to start. That's what I told somebody yesterday, Jay. All right, somebody said to me, "Well, I think that they, you know, they exaggerate stuff for ratings, you know, and 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 regardless of which side it's on, right? 
And I just said to him, look it, television, radio, the media is a product like any other product. It's your job. It's your job to be an, an informed consumer. So you figure out where you want to get that stuff from. And I mean... All this the media stuff drives me crazy. It's such a lazy a cop out representation and just blaming somebody. Listen, the more you talk, whether it be on air or to your friends or to anybody else, the more you reveal what your feelings really are. And you can't sit here and blame Obama now and you can't sit, you know, or defend Trump or vice versa. I don't really care. It's that I'm not talking about defending Obama and hating on Trump or it's that's not the point. To me it's just the commentary of the media. Yeah, it's just as a lazy everyone gener- in the media is a big blob that does everything as one. It's just a lazy generalization. Exactly. And you know what? I know, you know, we don't want to, you know, people want to separate personal and business. But that's not the reality. That's not what happened. It doesn't happen like that all the time. A lot of times, and especially when you're an athlete and you have this sport as your platform to be, you know, to speak on anything that you do in your life or anything that you believe is right or wrong. I mean, that's when it's going to happen. Agree or disagree with what Colin Kaepernick did. It started a huge conversation in this country about, you know, a whole slew of different things. So in that aspect, you know, did he do something for the betterment of 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 culture? There's a lot of people that think he did. And for those of you that don't think that it was a good thing, and, and I'm still not 100% behind kneeling for the national anthem as far as, because that's not something I would do. To me, I stand up and I put my hand over my heart and I sing the national anthem every single time the national anthem comes on because my grandfathers were both in the military and as res- out of respect to them and respect of everybody else, that has fought for that flag and to fly that flag across the world, to me, that's why I do it. But if there's other people that don't, that don't have that background, that didn't have that upbringing of, hey, this is what the flag means to them, how can you sit there and possibly tell somebody else how to feel? You don't know. I'm a 32-year-old Caucasian male from New York. How could I possibly know what a 40-year-old black man from Florida or Georgia knows what his life is about? I, I can't sit there and tell this guy not to do that or that guy not to do that. I don't want anybody telling me how to live my life. I'm not going to sit there and tell somebody else what to do. That's asinine. This is why we live in America. We have the ability. We have the open mind to be able to make these decisions peacefully. Ken from Skyway, what's up? Hey, hey, good morning, guys. Um, interesting topic. I agree partially with the prior caller, certainly not with the end of the rant. But picture this. The president of IBM, president of Apple, Southwest Airlines, any of those, at a basketball game, doesn't stand for the national anthem. News media probably is terminated or definitely talked to by the company because that's not the image. The NFL and the teams can step in. I manage a multi-million dollar company, and if any of my employees... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do something that goes against the grain of the business or the image that we want to represent, I guarantee they'd be called on the carpet, brought into my office. And I think that's what that other caller started to say before he took off, you know, blaming presidents and whatnot. Ken, let me ask you, Ken, let me ask you a question, yeah, Ken. If, if you're at a, you said you're head of a multi-million, if you guys are out for a, a lunch or let's say you're at a, a team retreat at a game. Dollar company. Okay. And if if you guys are at, you're at a game, let's say you got a box at a Rays game or, or a Lightning game or a Bucks game or something, and everybody in your in your organization there stands for the national anthem except one guy, would you have a problem with that? If if they were in our colors, because we do have a logo um, uniform that our team wears, so if they were identifiable as one of my employees, I, they would be in my office the next day. Absolutely. Because that's not what we represent. Now, if they were at, at a box, like you said, at a Rays game, Lightning, any of those things supporting, and, and, and we do do that on occasion, and they were representing us and they were there, the face of our business, absolutely I would have a problem with it. Now, likewise, if someone from your organization gets arrested for a DUI, well, we're talking. Well, yeah, but we're talking, Ken. No, that's no, that's apples. That. That's apples and oranges, Ken. We're talking about a person sitting during the national anthem, a peaceful protest. They're not breaking the law. There's people in this country that think, and Ken, I understand where you're coming from, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. But what do you say to the other half? There's, I don't want to say the other half. What do you say to the other side of people that say, and there's military people that have come out and said this. I fought for this country's flag, so that people could kneel peacefully protest things that they don't appreciate in this country. What do you say to those people? Okay, so I'm, I'm prior military. Every male in my family prior military. Mm-hmm. My son is still serving. He's a helicopter Thank pilot. you for your service. Thank you for your service. Not, not, not a worry. And likewise to, to uh, the grandparents of who, whichever mm-hmm. one of you were talking. Yeah, that was me. So, so, <laughs> the, the, okay, that's you. Thank you for that. Thank- the long and short of it is you're absolutely correct. Um, we, we did that for the rights of every American. But that said, there is perception, and when it comes to um, the the nation's perception, Mm -hmm. if you're selling a product, and the NFL is, you have to understand what people's perception is. Colin Kaepernick isn't playing in the NFL right now, in my humble opinion, not because he doesn't have ability, but because... The perception that he created is not good for the brand. And now that not wasn't just standing. You're right. It had to do with all the other things that he did. So they've made a decision or teams have made a decision, not necessarily based on his athletic ability, but on the perception, the stigma that he brings. And that's why he's not playing. Only That's my opinion, my opinion only. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's the same thing goes true. You know, if if any of you guys were in your WDAE gear and were at a game and didn't do that, didn't stand, um, peacefully protested, raised raised a hand in the air, I guarantee the next day tons of people would be calling. Right, wrong, or indifferent, it's all about perception. And perception sells. I mean, that's that's what it's all about, you know. And, and so the brand of the NFL, they've made a decision. I mean, I'm still going to watch it. Uh, you know, I, I can't. I'm so glad football season's back. I'm a, I'm a huge Bucks fan, born and raised here. I'm a homer. 
a Rays fan, Lightning fan, all that stuff. But I will tell you, if any one of the Bucks didn't stand, it would it it, it would offend me. But I would respect it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I got you, Ken. Fantastic phone call, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate your service and your family. And I love to be able to have a conversation with you on this Sunday. Thanks a lot, Ken. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Good show. Thank you. Great stuff there. Listen, we're not always going to agree. There's a lot of different sides of the coin, especially with something like this. There's a lot of things that go on, and and we all we have all you know we all have different backgrounds. We got to learn to appreciate differences and be able to talk this stuff out. All right, time to switch gears. Talk a little baseball here. Hit the cut, half hour. Paul Russelon segments are Pat and balls. I. <laughs> Pat and I will talk some baseball next. One hour down, one hour to go. Appreciate everybody for joining in on the show today. It's time to talk some baseball. So let's get to it. Listen, man, did you see the injury to Bryce Harper last night? Oh, my gosh. And according to... It looks bad, right? Yeah, and according to what I saw somebody just retweet on Twitter from Ken Rosenthal, it looks like a torn ACL and PCL for top five player in the major leagues. Definitely one of the most... Just one of the most entertaining guys to watch. Guy plays like his hair's on fire. Man, and you know what's crazy too, Pat, is that he's a free agent after the 2018 season, unrestricted, and he is in line to make a boatload of money. He still will. He still will, for sure. But my thing is, Pat, has Bryce Harper played his last game for the Washington Nationals? Because he, for those of you who don't know, he wears 34, 3 plus 4 is 7, as an homage to Mickey Mantle. And he said that his dream is to play center field at Yankee Stadium. So imagine an outfield of Harper, Judge. He could do that for the race. He could do that for the race. Come on. What would the Rays have to do to give Bryce Harper that money? They'd have to say. Not field a team they, other than him. <laughs> All right, it's nine. On, listen, there was a guy, Eddie Fainer. He was the king of his court back in the day. Fast pitch softball. He used to play with like three guys against ten, and whoop everybody's ass. He'd pitch blindfold. My grandfather used to tell me. I'm sure there's fans out there, especially because I know old Clearwater Bomber players, and you know softball was is still huge here in Tampa Bay. I know you guys know about Eddie Fainer out there, the king of his court. But Bryce Harper, man, if he came to the Rays, they'd have to make him. Sorry, Mayor Buckhorn. We're going to have to make Bryce the mayor. <laughs> He'd be the mayor of Tampa and St. Pete. He'd have to own part of the race. Be a little bit of everything. But, yeah, Washington, I tell you what, they made some nice moves at the deadline, especially to shore up the back end of their bullpen. But, man, you want to talk about injuries to kill and to derail a team. I know Trey Turner's out. Jason Worth is out. Now Bryce Harper's out. And with the moves that the Dodgers have made, I mean, it's going to be – very tough for Washington. It's got to be frustrating for them, too. You know, you want to talk about teams with pressure on them. I mean, the Dodgers, I know they have a lot of pressure on them in the National League, but so do the Washington Nationals. Another team every year. When you look at a, a rotation of Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg, it was also injured, and a guy like Gio Gonzalez. I mean, they've had rotations. They've had teams up and down. 
that were just as good as any other team in the major league but haven't been able to put it together. I remember they blew a save a couple of years ago where Daniel Descalso had a big hit for the Cardinals and ended up coming back for the St. Louis and them winning. It's tough for the Washington Nationals, man. I, I tell you, I don't envy them one bit. The other thing, too, is is two teams that have kind of snuck up on everybody. A lot of people thought, all right, NL Central race, once the Cubs caught the Milwaukee Brewers, they thought, nah, all right, Cubs are going to run away with it. Oh, contraire, mon frere. The St. Louis Cardinals last night with their win, coupled with the Cubs' loss to the Diamondbacks, the Cardinals, the fighting, the cheating Ronnie Lanes, as they call them on the Ronnie and T-Crash show, they're tied for first place. Get a load of that, man. And then also, guess who's in second place in the wild card in the American League? Bet you didn't know. The Los Angeles Angels. Remember when they had the injury to Mike Trout? A lot of people just kind of wrote them off. But, man, look at that. It's not the Mariners. It's not the Rays. It's the Los Angeles Angels in the second wild card. How about that? Tom, what is up, man? My man Tom in Sarasota. What up, brother? Hey, how are you? I was telling Pat, um, I'm glad I didn't bet on uh, our Florida kicker staying around. That was really (laughs) taken by surprise. Yeah, man. But, um, anyway, um, they said Bryce Harper actually manually, manually walked out on his own last night. So, I, I stay up all night and listen to it. I do. And, oh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not doubting you, Tom. I know your sports fandom. And it just says that he is walking on his own. If he's got two injuries, there's no way he could be walking on his own. Well, Tom, actually, I mean, a- actually, Tom, I know guys that have actually torn their ACL before, and they've actually been able to walk. So, just because it's it's uh, not a it's not a broken bone when you tear a ligament like that, sometimes you are able to walk. And I've known guys, and, and our our good buddy Paul Russo, his son, had some knee injuries, and yeah. he played through it. So, Tom, I appreciate the call, man. I will talk to you soon. Paul from Polk City wants to talk a little bit. It says Eddie Fisher. I think I you mean – what's up, Paul? I just heard you. Hey, how you doing today? What's up, buddy? How are you? Not too bad. Hey, I, guys, you, you mentioned Eddie the King Fisher. Used to be the uh, softball guy that he played with a catcher an infielder and an outfielder, and they would beat full teams. I've seen him as a kid in Minnesota when I was growing up. He could throw it between his legs, behind his back, and he'd fast pitch it too. So it was amazing how good he was, you know, watching them play. And the guy that was the outfielder looked like McGuire, and the guy <laughs> on the infield looked like Steve like, like uh, Steve Darby. So they only had to worry about three hits a game, but every time the outfielder stepped up, he just hit a home run. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, appreciate the call from Polk City. You are the man. I, I got to correct you, though, Paul. It's not Fisher. It's Feiner. F-E-I-G-N-E-R. Check him out, guys. Four, like he just, like he just said, Paul just said, four players. Eddie Feiner. And I grew up fast-pitch softball. My grandfather used to coach teams up north. My dad was one of the best pitchers in the state. I'll say in the country, Pops, if you're listening up there. Uh, my dad used to throw gasolina. Unbelievable. All right, Rusty from St. Pete wants to talk a little baseball. It says, Archer, you want to talk about archery? No, Archer, Chris Archer. I know, I'm just messing with you, Rusty. <laughs> How are you, buddy? Go ahead, what do you got? All right, um, I kind of did a, a – the one thing that bothers me about Chris Archer is is that he doesn't throw inside. Okay. And, and I did like a little survey, and I used uh, Roger Clemens and Justin Verlander 
and uh, Chris Sale. And I was looking at how many times those guys uh, hit guys with the ball. Now, if you look at Chris Archer's record, the only time he had winning records with the Rays, both times he hit eight eight batters. Hmm. When he went nineteen or was nine and nineteen last year, yeah. he hit three. Now, if you look at Verlander and all of those other guys that I mentioned, Sale, those guys hit guys anywhere from eight to seventeen times during the season. I. Everybody knows that he won't pitch inside, so they're just waiting for the outside fastball or that slider that he throws to the outside. They have no fear about standing up there and and popping the ball because they know they're not going to get hit. He needs to hit a couple of guys or at least pitch inside. He never pitches inside. Rusty, there's a lot of phone calls here during the week and a lot of people that do research and stuff like that, and a lot of times I kind of look at them and I go, "Mm, yeah, okay, and there's definitely another side of the argument. I could not agree with you more, my friend. Great job on that, and thank you for the phone call, man. Have a good rest of your Sunday. Yep. Rusty, great stuff there. What, What an excellent thing. That's what made Bob Gibson so great for the Cardinals back in the day. He didn't care if he knocked it down. People now, because they're scared of the beanball, because they're scared of retaliation, for whatever reason... You have to throw the ball inside. And that's a great point, Rusty, especially with that great slider that Chris Archer has. If guys can creep up on the plate there and take away that inner half and then just look away, if that ball starts away, a lot of times if it's a slider, they can just let it go. It's easier for them to lay off it. Great call, Rusty. All right. Paul Rousseau isn't here, but that doesn't mean we're not going to do our next segment. Pat Donovan, he's been on fire. In our pick to click segment. Yeah. Did he keep it going last week? We'll tell you when we return. What a great beat this is. Do you want to be a? Do you want to be a? Oh. Love the music here on Sunday mornings. All right. Second segment here in our Hit the Cut half hour here on the J Retro Show, 620 WDAE and 95.3 FM. We got Rich Hollenberg from Fox Sports Sun here at 1030. 11 o'clock, our good buddy Steve Carney on the inside pitch, 1130. This week in Rays Baseball with Neil Solon's 1230 pregame show. Neil, Dave, and Andy taking you up to the first pitch at 110 today. Rays against the Indians. Austin Pruitt on the bump for Tampa Bay. The Klub, Corey Kluber on the mound for Cleveland. I'd call him Kloob the Boob. I call him Kloob the Boob. Let's bring him in. He's on the phone line. Speaking of boobs. Our good buddy, Paul Russo. What's up, buddy? What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Everything's good. Everything's good. All right, man. So you know what time it is now. It's time for our pick to click. To click. All right, last week, I finally got back on the board, boys. Damn it. We all, thank we all, God. We, <laughs> thank God I was losing all credibility. All right, Longoria, Lomo, and... Especially losing to me. I know. And Orlando Arcia. All three of our... For the first time, all three of our guys got a hit. But my guy, Orlando Arcia, and Paul, it was funny because we talked about this. Uh, he went big fly. So it's 6-5-3 right now. Paul's got six. I got five. Pat's got three. Paul, we're going to let you go first today, buddy. Who do you got in today's game? Indians race. I'm going Francisco Lindor. Man, how good is that guy, man? He's just, he's tremendous, Jay. Incredible. Tremendous. He does it all, both sides of the plate and plays defense. He can definitely pick it. Pat D., what do you got? 
I'm going to go Lucas Duda. I don't even know if he's in the lineup. I'm just <laughs> he feeling is, Duda. He is in the lineup I knew today. it. Yes, Lucas Duda. Lucas Duda, that's your guy. I'm going to go with the all-star Jose Ramirez. I like to go with the oh. other team. He's, he's, a, he's a damn good player, and he can pick it at second and third as well. For those of you who don't know, Paul and I, we're going to be doing our Hit the Cut podcast every Wednesday at 3.30 on Facebook Live here on 620 WDAE's Facebook. You guys see what Pat Donovan does every day around 2, 2.15 on our Facebook Live in that room talking about the Bucks before he comes on with Ron and JP. Did you see my uh, game day one? No, I didn't. It was awesome. I went about a minute and 15 seconds. <laughs> oh, without the sound. Without sound, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was great. He forgot, you know that plug, Paul, the plug into the yeah. phone? Pat forgot to put it in the phone, and me and John are watching it at Bats and Brews on Friday night, and we're like, is my phone messed up? And then you see Pat, it's so funny, you see Pat get up and walk over to the phone, he's like, well, I'm going to have to say everything I just said because you didn't hear anything I just said. <laughs> you know what's worse? I, not, I did not forget to plug the phone in. I just forgot to actually turn the board on. Oh, that's oh, all right. We'll let that go. Yeah. Paul, give, you know, one of the things with this Rays offense, man, five shutouts in the last eight games. And when you're looking at this. That's offense, ridiculous. That is ridiculous. When you're looking at this team, I was always very worried. And people said early in the season, oh, well, they hit a lot of home runs. Well, at this point of the year, when you get in the dog days of August and you're starting, you know, not seeing as many four and five, you know, back end of the rotation guys. I thought that they were going to have problems scoring runs because they don't manufacture runs. They don't do the little things. Do you see the same thing I'm seeing right now? Absolutely. You know, when when a team is struggling, you you would figure they would try to, you know, manufacture runs. And it's just not happening. I mean, you know, you, you've got guys that can go deep. But, you know, Jay, as well as I do, if you're going deep one every 30 at-bats or 20 at-bats, you've got to do something else. To manufacture runs. I mean, now it looks like they're the rays of old when it's coming to missing fastballs, swinging over sliders, and you know it just looks like they're almost every hitter is getting beat away, getting beat away every game, and they're just not making the adjustments right now. Yeah, that's a good point. We're talking to our good buddy Paul Russo. The other thing we talked about earlier this week was Giancarlo Stanton, him changing his batting stance. Bro, I think he's hit like eight home runs in the last two days. Yeah, he hit, up another, to... he hit another 7,000-foot one last night. My uh, God, man, he yeah. is on a roll. And now Crazy. they sold their team, and now Derek Jeter is going to be in charge of baseball operations. Like, just as a player, like, does that give you – I know they're not going to make the playoffs this year, but they have some talent there. I mean, with the new ownership, that's got to give them some life heading into next season. Listen, with Derek Jeter there, Michael Jordan, and who knows who else they're going to bring in, that lets the player know that ownership and management are there to win. And there is no question about it. They're going to be there to win. And, you know, Miami, Jay, they're going, they've been down in attendance, but I tell you what, now that, that that's going to be a breath of fresh air uh, and, and some excitement into that organization, and it's going to be – it's going to be a big change. Now Now the, the names are in the front office and not in the manager's yeah. position. <laughs> it's, it's, going to make players, uh, it's going to make players excited to come back every day. Now, I don't know if you saw the ending of the Cubs-Diamondbacks game. It ended pretty late last night. Did you see how Ben Zobrist struck yes. out to end the game? And it yes. happened when he was on the Rays years ago in yep. Texas. I remember Joe Nathan threw a pitch, and he and Joe Madden, ironically enough, were like, yep. 
come on, dude. I mean, those aren't the guys that really argue balls and strikes. And it happened again last night. It and Ben, ben yeah. Zobris said about, hey, I think we should have an electronic strike zone. And I, I, I've always been against it because I like the human element of the game. I like the relationship between the umpires and the play. But with guys, more and more guys throwing in the upper 90s and the, the variance of strike zones between guys like Jose Altuve and Aaron Judge, are we getting closer and closer to having an, an electronic strike zone? Well, I, I think that now that everything is more televised, you know, you, you get there's more exposure to it. And now when guys are complaining about it, it, it might happen. You never know. I, I don't think it will just because I don't think they're going to take umpires out of the game. But I think they're going to create a system that where you're going to have the guy there. But if it's a with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Questionable call on a strike three. They're going to go to it. And I think that's going to happen. I think that's going to happen. But it also happened yesterday in the Yankees game mm-hmm. with, um, I always forget his name. Who's who's the, uh, the left-handed outfielder for the Yankees? Gardner. Gardner. It happened to Gardner. He had, he was up in the count 2-1. And they threw a two-two-two-one uh, pitch in the dirt, and same thing. It was it was worse than Zobris's pitch. Oh wow! I got to check that one. Oh yeah, it was terrible, and it's it's going to happen because Jay. I think when you got guys throwing harder, throwing sharper breaking balls, I don't think the umpires can adjust to it. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. you know it's 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 a whole different ball game and. There's just too many inconsistencies happening behind the plate that, you know, they've already made an adjustment out on the field. I think something's going to happen at home plate. Good stuff there from my man, Paul Russo. Follow him at Hit Factory Tampa. Remember to watch us every Wednesday at 3.30 p.m. If you don't follow us on Facebook at 620 WDA or Hit the Cut, you can do that. All right, my friend, go back to the family. Tell them I said hello, and I'll talk to you later on I this week. I have to interrupt really quick. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm really sorry, Paul. Please make sure you wear the shirt that you had on this week every week. I need that shirt every week. <laughs> he loves that shirt. You like that shirt? <laughs> I do. I'll, I will do that'll be my, that'll be my shirt every week just for you. Pat. <laughs> just nice. for you. All right, pal, talk to you soon, man. All right, brother. See you. Great stuff there. Always a good time. Yeah, man. Was that you that posted that on the Facebook Live thing? Yeah. That was so great. I was like, wow, Paul, that is a nice shirt, dude. That does. You would look good in that shirt, too, my man. All right. The Rays with another tough loss yesterday to the Indians. Can they snap out of their offensive funk today at the trial? We talk to Fox Sports Sons Rich Hollenberg when we come back. All right. Welcome back to the Jay Retro Show here on 620 WDA 95.3 FM. Let's talk some Rays baseball with one of the my favorite people to talk off the record with when we're not talking about sports and just talking about life in general. Our good buddy Rich Hollenberg, pre and post game for the Rays on Fox Sports Sun. How you doing, Rich? Excellent. That is uh, quite the build up, Jay. And uh, I can only tell you that I'm not wearing wearing Jesus sandals like Rich Stroud does. 
but I am wearing some funky fresh Tom suede kicks today. I knew it. I knew it. You never fail to impress, man, with your tie or your shirt. There's always something that stands out. No normal outfits for Rich Hollenberg, for sure. And I'll always take a guy who can uh, give me great restaurant uh, suggestions any day. Yes. And great penmanship. Do you remember when they kept score, Pat? Did you see that when they kept score no. live on TV? Oh, my gosh. They had Rich out there. Penmanship on full blast, and he passed with flying colors. Rich, did people tell you that you write like a girl because you have good penmanship? I, I've heard that before. That's what I always <laughs> got heard, growing I've heard, up. I've heard worse things, too, so I'll take that. <laughs> Rich, what's, is there any truth to you and Arrestus uh, taking extra BP before the game today, possibly as a pinch hitter off the bench? Not for me, uh, but, you know, a uh, uh, Six four switch hitting power hitter like oh maybe uh, maybe that would be the answer to what ails you. Uh, I will tell you guys um, the lineup today not much different than what we've seen. So Kevin Cash has gone decidedly shall we say anti Joe Madden, uh, not shaking things up. He he's a man of his word. He said that he wasn't going to. He doesn't think that is going to be the answer to cures what el- to cure what ails you. Uh, but it's the it's the similar lineup that you would expect. Uh, Corey Dickerson's leading it off. Duda's batting second, and and so on and so forth. The only minor tweak: Danny Echeverria gets bumped up to the seventh spot, and Malik Smith is eight with Jesus Sucre batting ninth. Uh, all the same faces are in there. And he said last night in his postgame show, as I'm sure you guys heard, you can't bench nine guys. Yeah. And right now, there's nobody in this lineup that's hitting. So you just got to hope that. At least a couple of these guys start to catch fire before we head to Toronto for a four-game set. It's kind of tough, though, Rich. You know, I, I can see where he's, you know, saying that, like, hey, I can't sit everybody, and they're professional hitters. Eventually they'll break out of it. But then the other side of the coin is, you know, what's the definition of insanity? You're doing the same thing over, expecting a different result. I mean, how long does this have to go on? I mean, five out of eight games being shut out. I mean, how many more games do you have to have before there is a shakeup? I don't know, and the worst case scenario, and I'm not, you know, representing a doomsday scenario, is you're hearing some of these teams around Major League Baseball. Everyone makes such a big deal about the July 31st trade deadline. Well, there are players that are coming through waivers and clearing waivers who are big, big names. And my biggest fear is that this doesn't get better and get better quickly, and all of a sudden a name or two pops up on the raise list and we're blindsided by the fact that even though we were buyers at the trade deadline, all of a sudden we're conceding the season. I don't think that's going to happen. And the only reason I don't is you still look at the wild card standings and admittedly, shockingly, we're just a game out of the yeah. second wild card spot. And everyone around us, guys, we're playing again, head to head. We're playing Minnesota again in three, uh, three game set. We have Seattle at home. We have Kansas City on the road. We have all these teams who are direct competition for that second wild card spot at least once, if not twice. And now, all of a sudden, believe it or not, you have to include the Baltimore Orioles in that group yeah. because they're only a game and a half out of the second wild card spot. It's crazy, man. We were just talking about that a little bit before. You know, people were writing off the St. Louis Cardinals. Now they're tied for first. The Angels hold the second wild card spot. I mean, how much better is baseball now with the addition of that second wild card, man, where there's a lot more teams, you know, they're in it until now. We haven't talked about either one of those teams being in contention. Now we're in the middle, almost in the middle of August. It's great to see so many teams in it still. I, I agree to an extent. Uh, I'm an older school guy. I'm older than both of you. Um, I, I go back to, uh, I'm, I'm crossing sports references here, but I love dominant. Okay. The one thing that I think a second wild card spot does 
is it does somewhat dilute the field. I'm not saying the Rays don't deserve to make the playoffs. I think they're a good enough team to do that. I don't know the Angels enough to know if they deserve to make the playoffs. That's not for me to say. But a second wildcard team usually kind of sneaks in somehow, some way, and they could really upset the apple cart. Now, does that make things more exciting? Absolutely it does, and I am grateful for it covering a team that's in the mix right now as well. But at the end of the day, I don't know if I'm the same or different or somewhere in the middle as most sports fans. I want the best teams to be playing when it matters the most, whether it's football or basketball or even baseball. And sometimes those second wildcard teams, for all the excitement it brings down the stretch of the regular season, sometimes they can kind of screw up the postseason a little bit, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so you're not a fan of when they went from 64 teams to 68 to now they're going to go to 88 <laughs> in college yeah, basketball, put, huh? Just put all 311 <laughs> in and, and see what happens. Let's get Loyola Marymount in there. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, we're talking to Rich Hollenberg pre- and post-game for the Rays on Fox Sports. Son, what is going on with this guy, Austin Pruitt? A lot of people looked at him, and, and you know, you look at the, the brass tacks of it today and go, all right, Austin Pruitt against Corey Kluber, definitely you know an advantage Cleveland, but this guy does not seem to be shrinking away from the big moments, does he? No, he's, he's extraordinarily uh, similar to his rookie teammate, and that, of course, is Jake Faria, guys. Uh, the one thing that the Rays look for in pitchers, more maybe – Secondly to stuff, which everyone looks for, is their mental makeup. And we joke about it, um, you know, off air and even sometimes on air, how a lot of the guys that you see have success because of their makeup, guys who don't seem to get phased when the lights are shining the brightest. There are a lot of these California dudes. Matt Andrees had that makeup when he first broke in with the team. Jake Faria is a California kid. He has that same kind of cool, unfazed demeanor. Now, Austin Pruitt's obviously a Texas guy, so he doesn't have that, but very similar in the, you know what, I trust not only my pitching coach, Jim Hickey, but I also trust my catcher, that they're going to put down the signs that I need to follow, and as long as I do that and don't try to shake off too much or don't try to deviate from the game plan, I'm going to put my team in a position to win. I'm not looking to strike out 12 guys and go CG every time. I just want to give my team a chance to win. And right now, if you're a race starting pitcher, all that means is six strong innings. That's what we need from this pitching staff because the bullpen guys, in light of you know the shadow that's been cast, the dark shadow of this offense, this last homestand, the, the bullpen has been on point. At, I, I, I don't want to go as far as saying they've been the best in the American League, but they've been awfully close and they've been as much or better than we could ask for. Rich, something I was noticing earlier on this week, and it kind of reared its ugly head during the middle of the week, was Wilson Ramos. And I know, you know, his hitting isn't where a lot of people thought it would be by now, but me defensively, and we saw it again, I, I believe it was either yesterday or the day before, just a lot of pass balls, a lot of wild pitches. And I know you can't always look at the wild pitches and blame it all on the pitcher because, you know, they the pitchers expect the catchers when they throw that, you know, put away pitch in the dirt for a guy to block it. Why is he yeah, missing so many pitches? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. I'll be quite honest with you, Jay. What I can tell you is, obviously, coming off a reconstructed knee, it's going to be tough, and it's not always going to show itself in the beginning stages of that comeback. But what I will tell you is, I'll lean on the guy who I sit next to every pre and post game show, who's been through the wars. Um, he wanted to give Wilson Ramos as much of a mulligan as possible up to and maybe a little bit exceeding 100 
at-bats, 100 plate appearances. He's at that point right now, offensively and defensively. Remember, most of his rehab was built around getting his body back in game shape. It wasn't necessarily the baseball side of things. He didn't have a spring training to go through to get not only on point with his pitching staff, but to get his body ready to handle the rigors of catching a nine-inning game two out of every three days. Uh, Kevin Cash admitted the other day maybe part of it is they expected too much from Ramos because he looked so good when he initially came back. He's right at that point, guys, where he is 100 plate appearances, a little more than 105 ABs, where now we could truly kind of judge what his performance is going to be the rest of the season. As far as the catching aspect specifically, I go back to, I heard Neil Solon talking about this on the post-game radio show after we wrapped up and I was driving home. You know, everyone was kind of griping about the wild pitch last night in the Archer game. Chris Archer's doing 12 wild pitches this year. Yeah. Not all of them have come with Wilson Ramos catching. So it's not necessarily the Buffalo's fault. I'm not here, and I'm not an expert enough to place blame on that particular pitch. But what I do know is, in a similar situation, when Malik Smith dropped that easy cat, uh, pop fly in the Texas series, what happened afterwards was eerily similar to what happened last night. A yeah. Chris Archer wild pitch that led to another run. That's a good point. All right, Rich, at the end of every one of our interviews here on the Jay Retro Show, we have something called our 10 count, 10 questions about baseball. And you, you got to answer them in 60 seconds. Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready as I'll ever be. Yeah, you will. Hit it. It's time for the 10 count. All right, you need one hit from any player in Rays history. Who do you go with? Mike Trout. In Rays history. <laughs> oh, in Rays history. <laughs> Give me Evan Longoria. Favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, chocolate peanut butter. One word to describe Arrestus Estrada? ADD. If you could go to one concert, what would it be? Bruce Springsteen. Iced tea or lemonade? Arnold Palmer. What number would be on the back of the Rich Hollenberg jersey? Ten. What grade did you have your first girlfriend? Six. Favorite player to interview before or after the game? What's the last movie you saw in theaters? Uh, John Kirk. Who plays Rich Hollenberg in the Rich Hollenberg movie? John Kuzak. This guy, man. Someone better looking than that. Come on now. (laughs) That's who I got. When I was in eighth grade, guys, I I was living large because that was when anything was coming out. That's when the road trip was coming out. He was a, a, a hot young actor, and for some reason, everybody thought I looked like him, so I'll take it. And Gross Point Blank is one of the most underrated films that he's ever done. You know what I like? Did you ever see Hot Dub Time Machine? Oh, of course. Yeah, I liked him in that, that too. I know that's not like a you know a great. It's not going to win any uh, awards or anything. But I thought it was he was very clever in that movie. I believe there's a yeah, sequel coming was. out. You, and of course, Sixteen Candles. He yeah, was you know, yeah. not a main character, but he was outstanding in that too. I think Rich pulled off the 10 count better than anybody so far, Pat Diamond. What do you think? Yeah, like 30 seconds left at the end. <laughs> it's incredible. Follow can I put that on my resume? You yeah. sure can, my friend. Follow him at Rich on Sports Pre and Post Game for Fox Sports Sun for the Rays, Rich Hollenberg. Thanks a lot, buddy. We'll talk to you sometime next week. Anytime, brother. All right, my man, Rich Hollenberg. Telling you, bro, out of all the people that we talk to in the media, one of my favorite guys to talk to. Off, you know, off the record, or not even about sports, just about like his tie or just people around. Like he's just an awesome dude. You ready to be surprised? Shoot, Rich Hollenberg is one of the first guys I ran the board for here at six twenty. Really? He came in one weekend and did a show, like right when I started here. 
Awesome, man. That's great. I never right before that. he blew up and was doing everything. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I got to get a chance to host here. And then I guess everything just kind of happens, you know? I just love that. Uh, and Rich, big college basketball guy. So, you know, I'm, I love college basketball, too. So I just love talking about anything and everything. All right. Final segment of the show. You know what that means. Our stars of the night next. All right. Final segment of the Jay Retro Show before we turn things over. This is Steve Carney at Tropicana Field for the inside pitch at 11 o'clock, 11.30 this week in Rays Baseball with Neil Solans. He's got some great interviews with Steve Ciszek and Sergio Romo. I got to interview Sergio Romo on Friday night. What an awesome guy. And I asked him who he would take to dinner with him, and he said, Tony Romo, Julio Cesar Chavez, Albert Einstein, and Abraham Lincoln. Interesting. Because, yeah. Uh, Chavez, he's Mexican of Mexican descent. He was an awesome boxer. Einstein, because obviously how smart he is and Lincoln because of the beard. And I heard Romo was going into the clubhouse saying, yeah, I answered it. He had so much fun. So I'm glad that uh, I got a chance to sit down with Sergio, uh, but some great stuff here on this week and raise baseball at 1130 and then pregame show at 1230 with Neil, Dave and Andy first pitch 110 raising Indians Kluber versus Pruitt. All right, let's go to the phone lines real quick before stars of the night. Buccaneer John, what do you got for me? Hey guys, how are you doing? I guess the, Pat and uh, Aaron uh, were doing a little jig because of uh, Aguero getting axed. Buccaneer John, hang with us. We're going to talk about that in two seconds. Doing a jig. Gio, what up, man? Hey, what's up? Listen, the frustrating part about this meltdown by the Rays the last week or so is that the general manager in the Rays actually committed to going for the playoffs, going out to get three arms and a bat, and now the players can't deliver. It's just Cleaning my soul. <laughs> Gio, thanks for the call. I didn't see you Friday night, so I'm blaming you, Gio. All right, last segment. You know what time it is? Stars of the night. Star of the night. Of the night. Pat Donovan, a- an eloquent segue from Buccaneer John's phone call to your star of the night. Yeah, I got to give it to uh, Roberto Aguayo slash the Goon Squad because yesterday's show became uh, an entire uh, mixtape just for Roberto Aguayo, and I put the whole thing on a blog and a podcast. 26 minutes of people telling you what songs they want on their Roberto Aguayo mixtape. Check it out, uh, 620WDA on the Pat and Aaron page. Yes, I love it. I love it. Happy 813 day. Somebody just put that. 813, that August thing? 13th. Happy 813 day, man. Hey, we live here oh, in Hillsborough County. Don't hate. All right. The guy, my star of the d- night, the day essay, Kevin Kisner. He's the top of the leaderboard right now at the PGA Championship. And there was a lot of people around him missing putts. You see Molinari, he was a plus three. Hideki Matsuyama was a plus two. Chris Stroud was even par. Kisner stayed steady. He's 33, I believe, from Kansas. Kevin Kisner, seven under. He's in first place right now, holding on to the lead for the PGA Championship. So I hope Kevin Kisner wins. If it's not going to be Ricky Fowler, I'm hoping it's Kevin Kisner. South Carolina, sorry, 33 from South Carolina. I hope he wins it. I like to see first-time winners. All right, big day today for the Tampa Bay Rays. They have to get out of this slump. It's it's not going to be easy with a guy like Corey Kluber on the mound. But you know what? These are the kind of games that you think, all right, well, it's going to go one way, and hopefully it'll go another. Let's look at the lineups real quick. For the Rays, Dickerson will lead off playing left field. Lucas Duda batting second, designated hitter. Longoria in his usual spot. Playing third, batting third. Lomo in the cleanup spot. Playing first base. Steven Souza Jr. in right field. 
he will bat fifth. Brad Miller, sixth at second base. Echeverria, as you heard Rich say, going from the nine hole up to the seven spot, he will play shortstop, obviously. Malik Smith in center field batting eighth. And sweet baby Jesus, as my man Pat Donovan would call him, Sucre. We hope that you can use your baby Jesus powers. Dear eight pounds, six ounce, newborn infant Jesus. All right, and then the Cleveland Indians, their lineup, Francisco Lindor. That was Paul's pick. Four pick to click. He will lead off, play shortstop. Austin Jackson will play left field and bat second. Jose Ramirez playing second base, batting third. Edwin Encarnacion, cleanup. Designated hitter, designated hitter, Jay Bruce, the newest Cleveland Indian, will bat fifth and play right field. Carlos Santana, not the guitar player. He will play first base and bat sixth. Jan Gomes will catch and bat seventh. Bradley Zimmer, the young stud in center field, bat eighth. And Giovanni Urshela, or Urshela. I've heard different people say it all week. Urshela, Urshela. You got you got a clarification, Pat? W-X-Y and Z. Exactly. Tiger you... doesn't know either. <laughs> yeah, you brought that one back, huh? Brought that all the way back. Giovanni Urshela, he will bat ninth and play third base. Some great stuff, man. Great stuff today. Hopefully the Rays will bounce out of it. They need to snap this slump. They are right there in the thick of things for us. How crazy the last couple weeks have been. And for all these shutouts, five and eight games. You're still right there. Only a game out of the wild card spot. The Angels are in second. Come on, Rays. You can do it. Break out of this damn slump. All right. I want to thank Rick Stroud for coming on early on in the show. Talking Roberto Guayo and the Bucks. Thanks for Paul Russo for calling in. Talking some baseball as well as our good body. Our good body. (laughs) Our good buddy, Rich Hollenberg, Pat Donovan, always doing his thing on the other side of the glass. Thank him, and thank all of you out there for listening. We won't be back next week. JP will be in. We'll be back the following Sunday right here on the Jay Retro Show, 620 WDAE and 95.3 FM. I'm gone. Your ass is out of here. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.